The title of the message this morning is Keeping Your Heart Close to Him. Keeping Your Heart Close to Him. And I pray that right now that the Lord would just prepare our hearts. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the anointing of God flowing at this time. I am truly excited to share the word this morning because I believe that there's a burden on my heart to share this. And so thank you, Lord, for your presence and your power. I thank you for your anointing flowing right through me in Jesus' name. And I believe that this word will be effective, Father. So thank you, Heavenly Father, that you will receive the glory as your word goes out in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And uh, I hope you may have your Bible with you this morning because we declare God's word. This is God's word. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. So keeping your heart close to him. Now, I just wanted to maybe recap for a moment, because in recent weeks I shared on several important things. And uh, just to touch on a couple of those things uh, over this past couple of weeks in the sermons, I shared on the Lord, my guardian, my keeper, the whole aspect that he keeps us. He doesn't slumber or sleep. He looks after us. I shared another message entitled the victorious Passover and how the blood of Christ protects us from plagues and and how his blood gives us victory. I also shared the following week on the victorious attitude. Even though there's no blossoms or grapes or olives, we will have this victorious attitude expecting God to do wonderful things, even in times which are really difficult. I shared on spiritual warfare and realizing how we have to fight for our family, for our nation. We have to stand firm and war in the heavenlies. I also shared most recently on money, worry and cares, realizing that we don't need to worry about our lives because our heavenly father is caring for us and he knows what we need and he provides all of these things as we seek him first. And so these messages, I believe they've helped bring God's perspective and his strength into our lives in order to stand strong in this global crisis. But I felt that for today in sharing the word of the Lord with you today, I felt the Lord drawing me back and drawing us back to our personal relationship with Him. Our personal relationship with Him. And so it is about keeping our hearts close to Him. It's not just about standing strong. Yes, we need to stand strong. But it is, may I remind you, it is about loving Jesus. It is about having communion with Him. It is about having fellowship with Him. And maybe you've been so focused lately on just trying to survive, just trying to cope and just trying to get through and make ends meet and so on. But I just want to tell you this, realize it is about keeping our hearts close to Jesus, close to him. And maybe as I say that, you realize, wow, actually, wow, maybe I've been a little bit distracted in all of the busyness of trying to survive. And I need to come back to the center of it's all about Jesus. It's about you, Lord. It's about my love relationship, my personal walk with you. And so I want to begin by talking to you a little bit about Adam and Eve. And do you remember that Adam and Eve, that they would have daily communion with God? What would happen? God would come on a daily basis 
And according to scripture, he would commune with them and he would walk with them in the cool of the evening in the Garden of Eden. Can you just imagine how wonderful that must have been? Here is the Almighty God and daily just coming to spend time with Adam and Eve in this perfect environment. And let me tell you, that is God's plan. He wants to spend time with you. It's always been his original intent. But then sin entered the human race and our sins separated us from God. And so we became separated and relationship was broken in the Garden of Eden. And that's why Adam and Eve could no longer enjoy that communion. However, Right from that moment, Jesus began, Father began to set his plan in motion so that relationship would be restored ultimately through the cross. And praise God, Jesus came to pay the penalty for Adam and Eve's sin and for your and my sin. And so the way became open because we became spiritually alive, no longer dead in our trespasses, but we became spiritually alive and so we could now regain relationship with the Father. No one comes to the Father, Jesus said, except through me. And so Jesus made the way for that communion that Adam and Eve lost so many years ago. God made the way that that communion could be restored. I want to ask you today, do you commune with God? Do you experience that close relationship with Him? And so praise God that Jesus made the way for that relationship to be restored. Ephesians 2 verse 1 to 5, it says, As for you, you and me, we were dead in transgressions and sins, in which you lived when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. We were by nature deserving of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ. There was a time when we were dead in our sins, but we were made alive in Christ. And because sin has been dealt with at the cross and we've been made spiritually alive, do you see the way is open for this relationship? God desires to have it with you. And so realize this, that a relationship with God is there for the taking. And I want to ask you, do you desire that close relationship with God? Because boy, oh boy, God desires it with you. The relationship is there for the taking. Do you want it? The way is open. Do you want a close relationship with God? Sadly, many believers, do you realize that they do not live in a close relationship with God? They're believers, but they don't live in close proximity in terms of their hearts towards God. And it's kind of like they discovered God and became saved, but they've just gotten stuck at the point of salvation. They haven't grown in knowing the depths of Jesus Christ. Like the Apostle Paul said, that I may know him kind of in an ever increasing way. Listen to what Charles Stanley says. He says, believers can be saved and eternally secure yet relationally distant from the Lord. Quite something. (laughs) Matthew 15 verse 8 is a verse which fascinates me. And this is Jesus. He's speaking concerning the religious leaders. And listen to what he says about them. He says, These people honor me with their lips, 
but their hearts are far from me. Notice that phrase, their hearts are far from me. What a scary thing. Just imagine for a moment, as a person who believes in God, your heart can potentially be far from God, or your heart can be in close fellowship, in that beautiful love relationship with God. As for me and my house, I declare, we want our hearts to be close to God. And just purpose in your heart right now, you're not going to have a heart like those Pharisees had, those scribes and Pharisees, that is far from God. And you know what? The ultimate goal is a close and intimate relationship with Jesus. You say, is that right? Yeah. The ultimate goal here for us as children of God is a close walk with God. We don't just want to have an association with God, but we want a close relationship with Him to the point where He actually is our closest companion and the one that we walk with in beautiful fellowship. Now, to help us understand what this closeness with God is all about, let's look at what David wrote. We know that David was a man after God's own own heart. He had a close walk with God. And in Psalm 63, it gives us a vivid description of a living relationship with God and a passionate relationship with God. Please, if you have your Bible, have a look. And if you're looking at our church online platform, you can actually click on the little place where I think it says Bible, and then you can see your Bible app while uh, following the video. Psalm 63, verse 1 to 8. Let this speak to you about keeping your your heart close to Him. It says there, O God, this is David speaking. Let's just get into this. Let's allow the Lord speak to us, to speak to us. O God, You are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches, because you have been my help. Can you declare that in this time? You have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Another translation says, my soul follows hard after you. A passionate seeking after God. A desire for David's heart to be close to God. My soul follows hard after you. And your right hand upholds me. And I just declare the Lord bless the reading of his holy word. This is God's word. Let it come alive to us. Now, please keep that passage open if you have your Bible with you. Let me share a few points with you. Number one, yearning for God. Yearning for God. Won't you say that? Yearning for God. See, the main focus of Psalm 63 is thirsting for the living God. 
It's yearning for God. And it says in verse 1, just to recap, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. Now listen to this phrase. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. And it's as though David said, says like compared to everything else, it seems like a dry desert when I think of my relationship with God. It's as though David is saying, well, you God, when I'm with you, it's the oasis. Everything else seems like a dry and parched land. I find it interesting to note that David's passion for God even had a physical element to it. Because listen to what he says. He says, my flesh longs for you. Now, the lust of the flesh in a, in a negative sense is a terrible thing. But I want to tell you that your flesh in a beautiful way can long for God. There can even be a physical element that you experience, that as you, as you seek God, there's almost like an aching within your heart. I know that there's a number of people listening to me now, you know exactly what this is about. You have experienced it. In your love walk with God, your relationship, there's times when your heart aches for God. And you can relate, my flesh longs for God. Verse 1 in the Passion Translation, it says, I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more. Isn't that beautiful? With cravings in my heart that can't be described, such yearning grips my soul for you, my God. And so you might be listening to this and you say, you know what, John? I actually, if I'm honest with you, I don't have much of a yearning. <laughs> I don't have much of a longing in my heart. I hear David speak about it. I hear you talking about it, but I don't have much of a longing. Well, you know what? Maybe just being honest and admitting that is a good place to start. And you might say, well, what's the key? How do I get out of this place where I don't really have this longing? And I believe that one of the keys is submitting your will to God in a new and fresh way. And just say, Lord, I'm surrendering my will, surrendering my will to your will. Because God's will desires that you would long for Him. And when you begin to submit to His will, and maybe you can just say things like this to God, Lord, here's my heart. Here's my will, Lord. <laughs> I know you want to nurture this desire to long for you in my heart, so please do it. I really want that. Have your way, Lord. I desire to desire more of you. And I want to tell you that that passion and hunger in you can begin to grow and that you can begin to relate if you couldn't in the past to David's passion, his heart for God. And you can move from little hunger to deep longing for God. The psalmist says in Psalm 42, verse 1 and 2, you know this one, As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants. Can you, just, can you relate? Soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. And can you just imagine that little deer for a moment? There's a time when it gets so thirsty that its little body begins to pant so much so that it even begins to shake. I want to tell you, you and I are made to long for God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. We need to hunger for God. 
If we're going to have closeness in our relationship with God, we need to hunger. And so I pray that your desire for God today would be deeply stirred within you. And uh, I think of a song years ago when, when I was growing up as a kid. There was this song about, Lord, you are more precious than silver. Actually, let me sing it. Lord, you are more precious than silver. Lord, you are more costly than gold. Lord, you are more beautiful than diamonds and nothing I desire compares to you. Isn't that a beautiful song? I remember in my parents' church, little guy, I'm listening to this song and I loved that song. I really did because it stirred something in my heart and I believe that we should desire God far more than any earthly possession. And in Job 22, 25 and 26, it says, Yes, the Almighty will be your gold and precious silver. And then you will have delight in the Almighty and lift your face up to God. Point number one, yearning for God. And I pray that by the Spirit of God, that your heart gets stirred, that you would yearn for God. Number two, closeness with God awakens spiritual senses. Closeness with God awakens spiritual senses. So the second aspect of David's deep relationship with God was his ability to begin to see God. It says in Psalm 63 verse 2, it says, So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. So one of the results of spiritual intimacy with God is awakened senses because you begin to come closer to the one who is the full revelation of God, Jesus, and suddenly your revelation begins to increase. You begin to see things and we begin to see the one who is unseen. I want to tell you, we have eyes, the eyes of our heart. The Bible says, may the eyes of your heart be filled with light, be flooded with light. When you come closer in an intimate relationship to Jesus, you begin to see in the spiritual realm. You begin to see the unseen one. And uh, I think of Catherine Kuhlman. She was mightily used of God as a healing revivalist. And Catherine Kuhlman said, you know what? As I began to seek the Spirit of God and to walk in communion with God, He became so real to me that there were times that the Holy Spirit was more real to me than the person sitting next to me. Wow! When you come close to God, your spiritual senses begin to open up and you begin to see God. You don't walk around as the blind leading the blind. You begin to see God. Other things also begin to happen. Scriptures begin to come alive to you. You read the Word of God and you can't go more than three or four verses. Something jumps out at you. Also, you begin to understand God's ways better. You begin to know, well, I understand how God worked in that person's life because I've gotten close to Him. My spiritual senses begin to become aware. Yeah, that's how God works. Also, you begin to have new levels of discernment. You can walk into a place and you can discern something's wrong in the shop. 
You can discern, you begin to pray in your heavenly language. But it's closeness with God that awakens our spiritual senses. And I believe too many children of God are walking around with not, not enough uh, spiritual discernment, their eyes being open. Closeness with God causes you to come alive. You begin to see things in a new way. It says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18, listen. We do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The closer you come to God, the more you begin to see things. And the things that you've seen are the eternal things. And these are the actual things of greater value. Because you know what? All the things that we look at around us, they are going to pass away. But the eternal things, the unseen things are going to last forever. And they are the real things of real value. And so God... When you draw close to Him, He helps you to become aware of His realm. And I like to put it this way. His realm is the realm of the Spirit. The realm of the greater reality. And it only makes perfect sense to me that the closer you come to Jesus, the more you begin to live in awareness of His realm. Because God is Spirit. And those that worship Him must worship in Spirit and in truth. Now, Peter, he was one of the disciples who drew close to Jesus. Peter, James, and John, out of the 12, they drew closer to Jesus. But you know what? As a result of Peter drawing closer, his spiritual senses were awakened. Because there's this time where Jesus is having a discussion with his disciples. And he's saying, who do men say that the Son of Man is? And some people give answers and some say John and some say Elijah. And then Peter, he speaks out and he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but God has revealed that to you. What am I saying? I'm saying that this man, Peter, because he drew close to God, he gave the right answer <laughs> Because his spiritual senses had been awakened. He had had the revelation of who Jesus was. And he knew that Jesus is the Christ. He is the anointed one. And he is the son of the living God. So as your intimacy with God de deepens, let me tell you this. Begin to experience, expect more spiritual revelation. Your eyes opening in a new way. And I remember speaking to a guy who was in prophetic ministry years ago in my dad's church. And, and he would often come to the front and share a word from the ministry mic. And I picked up that this man really had ability to hear from God. And then one day he said, John, if you want to, in your walk with the Lord, begin to see more of the things of the Spirit. He said, what you do is in the church meeting, while praise and worship is going on, you say to God, God, show me what you're doing now. He said, because so many times we just focused on the earthly realm, on what's happening, who's singing loud, or how this musician is playing. He, no, no, no. He says, go to another realm and say, God, would you begin to show me, open my eyes that I can see what you are doing. Jesus, where are you moving? And so closeness with God awakens our spiritual senses. Can I get an amen? Amen. Number three. Of five points I'm sharing with you. Number three, closeness with God brings new values and new priorities. 
Let me say that again. Closeness with God brings new values and priorities. So why did David make the statement in the passage we read in Psalm 63? He made the statement, your loving kindness is better than life. I've at times been perplexed by that. What an unusual statement. Your loving kindness is better than life. What a comparison. It's kind of an unusual concept, isn't it? One of the theologians by the name of Barnes, he makes the following comment on that. He says this, life is the most valuable thing that we can possess in this world. But above this, David valued favor and friendship with God more. If one or the other was to be sacrificed, he preferred that it would be his life. He would be willing to exchange that for favor with God because life was not worth living without favor. And so here David is saying, well, if I have to make a choice between favor and friendship with God and my life, I would rather choose to not be alive and enjoy favor and friendship with God. What is that telling us? It's telling us the priority of a close relationship with God, where we are walking in the favor of God, where we are walking in close relationship with Him. And David said, this whole thing of experiencing God is better than life itself. Wow! It's better than life itself. And so, as we pursue intimacy, our relationship with, with Jesus will become the most important thing in our lives. It is the best thing. And it begins to take priority over everything else. It's kind of like this. People who've begun to taste and see that the Lord is good, they begin to say, well, I want nothing else. I want God. I want to love Him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And it says in Psalm uh, 63 verse 3 and 4 it says because your loving kindness is better than life my lips shall praise you why am I going to praise God because I realize how wonderful he is I realize this love relationship with him is so incredible therefore my lips shall praise him thus I will bless you while I live and I will lift up my hands in your name I want to tell you, child of God, knowing and loving God is better than anything else that you can experience. It's better than anything else. We should get caught up in the wonder of knowing Jesus and soon His priorities become our priorities. And so I want to tell you that there is no higher calling than knowing God in a deeper way. Listen to the statement, knowing God in a close relationship is the pursuit of all pursuits. Point number four, listen to this. Closeness with God brings satisfaction and fulfillment. Please say that with me. Closeness with God brings satisfaction and fulfillment. It says in Psalm 63, now looking at verse 5 and 6, David says, my soul shall be satisfied. Can I ask you today, in your deepest heart of hearts, are you satisfied? Because knowing God brings that, my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And when I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. So, in these two verses, verse 5 and 6, there's basically two aspects. There's the aspect number one, satisfaction. 
There's the number two aspect of our thoughts turning to God. Now, in terms of that second aspect, our thoughts turning to God, I want to ask you this. Think about your own life. Have you ever experienced falling in love with someone? Now, move away from the spiritual side. I'm just talking practically now. Humanly speaking, have you fallen in love with someone? Now, if you have, chances are, as you began to fall in love with that person, nobody had to tell you to think about them. Your thoughts were just automatically go to the one that you love. Very true. And I believe that it is the same with Jesus. When we fall in love with Him and we truly walk in a close loving relationship, nobody has to tell you to think about Jesus. Because He's captured your heart, you just begin to think about Him. <laughs> and that's how it happens. Your thoughts automatically turn to Him. And that's why David said, I remember you on my bed. I meditate on you in the night watches. So many of you know exactly what this is about. You know how you get into bed and you put your head down and your thoughts turn towards the Lord. Automatically, your thoughts just turn to Him. You begin to pray. You begin to thank Him for the day. Maybe you wake up in the morning even before your alarm goes off. And uh, maybe it's a bit more difficult now in this time of lockdown where perhaps you're working from home and you've got to get up and be disciplined and so on. But even before your alarm goes off, you might wake up and your thoughts just turn towards the Lord. Why is that? It's because you're in love with Him. It's the easiest thing. Your thoughts turn towards God. You don't have to have this reminder, okay, pray, okay, pray. No, you just your thoughts turn towards God. But in terms of that first aspect, satisfaction, um, sometimes, you know what, folks, I believe and I've discovered this in counseling with people over the years that many times people are looking for satisfaction in the wrong places. People often look for satisfaction in their career and they look to that as their primary source. People look to that. I want to tell you, your career will not satisfy you. I want to declare loudly, money will not satisfy you. Uh, alcohol will certainly not satisfy you. Power and influence, that's not going to satisfy you. Also, this one aspect I wrote you, a large following on Instagram <laughs> is not going to satisfy you because there is a place within you that is only satisfied by the love of God poured out into your heart. And all the while, as people are looking, after, looking out for these different things, I want to pursue that, I want to pursue that, I want more money, I want a big house, etc. Those don't satisfy. All the while, Jesus is saying, let me satisfy your soul in a way like no one else can. But would you let me be the affection of your heart? And so we need to discover satisfaction of true closeness with Jesus. Listen to this statement. Jesus is the only one who can satisfy the longing of the soul. So stop looking in all these different places and just say, thank you, Lord Jesus, as I'm seeking you, being close to you. Thank you, Lord, for the satisfaction you bring, the fulfillment you bring. And out of that, you can't help but think about the Lord. Your attention turns to Him. Point number five, let me just recap for a moment before point number five, which is a brief point. Point number one, yearning for God. Point number two, 
closeness with God awakens spiritual senses. Number three, closeness with God brings new values and priorities. Four, closeness with God brings satisfaction and fulfillment. And another one, point number five, the last point, closeness with God brings greater dependence on Him. Because here it is, as you get closer to God, you see all that He has for you. And you begin to realize, trusting in my own wisdom is not good. I need to trust in His wisdom. You realize, uh, trying to do things in my own strength is not good. I trust in His strength. You realize that I need Him to live life at a higher level. And it says in verse 7 and 8 of our text today, Psalm 63, Because you have been my help, therefore... In the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. What is that talking about? It's talking about trusting God in a place of dependence. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. And so as we walk in close intimacy with God, we enjoy His safety and His protection that comes from that relationship. Why? Because we know God's heart. And because we know His goodness, we've been spending time with Him. You've been driving and and in the day you're talking to Him, you're communing with Him. You've got a song playing on in the background at times. and, And because you know Him, you know that He is to be trusted. And you grow more and more dependent on Him. And I've discovered people who are really truly serving the Lord with all their heart, they don't become more independent They become more dependent on the one who has everything we need. And listen to this Psalm 112, a different Psalm now, verse 7 and 8. And this is speaking of this person who has closeness with God and is in dependence on God. It says, he will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. And I believe that people in love with Jesus during this time of the coronavirus pandemic, their hearts have been steadfast. I've been chatting to my pastors and many of them say, as they are contacting people in the congregation and phoning and ministering to the flock, they are discovering that many people, yes, there are people that are suffering in in a tough time, but so many people are positive. They're in a good place. They're in a place of victory because why? Their heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established and will not be afraid. Maybe you're feeling, child of God, maybe you might be feeling a little bit insecure today. If so, can I encourage you to hide yourself closely under the shadow of His wings? Such a beautiful place. Can you just imagine little chicks that come in under the wings of the mother hen. It's such a safe and intimate place to be. They are safe and secure because I want to tell you, there is nothing to fear right now. And your heart can be fixed, firmly trusting in the Lord. Your heart can be steadfast because He is your shelter. But that's number five. Closeness with God brings greater dependence on Him. And so I want to say as I'm drawing this to a close, I want to say the following, that today's message has been all about keeping your heart close to Him. Don't you just let that sink in. It's all about keeping your heart close to the one that loves you with an everlasting love. And maybe as you think about it, you say, John, I've, 
I've really been in survival mode. And I've lost sight of the face of the Lord and His love and His beauty. And, and maybe you say, well, I've been worried and concerned about many things. But I want to tell you, like Jesus said to Martha, you worried about many things, but one thing is needed. Your closeness with Jesus. And so I really felt I needed to speak about keeping our hearts close to God because I believe many have been distracted and Jesus is saying like he said to Martha, he said, you're worried, you're fretting about many things, but one thing is needed in this time, your closeness to Jesus. And so I trust that this has been an encouragement to you and that you've been stirred in your longing to turn to God, in your longing to be close to Him, in your longing just to let your thoughts be turning to the Lord because He is your rock and He is your shelter. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we receive your word to us today. And Lord, for those of us that have felt like our hearts have been a little bit distant, we've been distracted, maybe just gone a little bit away from our first love, we say, Lord, we are sorry for that. And we realize that you are the pearl of great price. You, Jesus, are the pearl of great price. You are the altogether lovely one. You are the beautiful one, the fairest of 10,000. How can we take our gaze off of you? We cannot, we must not. And so right now we just say, Lord, we firmly fix our eyes on you, Jesus, the lover of our souls. And we say, God, I want to walk more closely to you. And so, Lord, remind me that I would just be praying and talking to you. But thank you, Lord, that my closeness with you is going to grow in this day, in this week ahead, in the weeks that lie ahead, because you are more precious than silver. You are more costly than gold. And nothing I desire compares with you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And now I just speak out that priestly blessing over you. The Lord, won't you just receive this consciously? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance, his smile upon you and give you peace in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day and uh, shalom.